Welcome, everyone, to Mystery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant. Join, joining me is my, as I call her, my permanent guest, Cammy. Hello, Cammy. Hello, Bryant. How are you? I'm very tired. Um, <laughs> in fact, I, I almost meant to tell you before we started recording, if we don't record soon, I'm going to fall asleep. But don't worry. <laughs> I know the uh, part two, Adventures of Sinbad, is going to keep me up and at them. Just mute in case you start snoring. Right. Yes, I'm pretty <laughs> good about that. Um, so yes, this is Mystery. Um, this is part two of our Sinbad episode, so please jump on to part one if you didn't. You don't want to spoil yourself that way. Um, but if, if you are joining us, uh, this is a podcast about myths and history. We try and cover any legend, myth, history, tale, what have you, give you a story, and then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit. And uh, we started uh, last week's episode is discussing the story of Sinbad the Sailor from uh, Arabian Nights or 1001 Nights, whatever you prefer to call it, uh, and its interesting story. Um, the interesting story, the seven stories, Cammy's sort of um, paraphrased them in a great way. And now we're going to go on from part two, if I remember right. Yeah, we, and, and remind us what we kind of talked about last week. Yeah, so Senbad had a porter come to his house. His name was Senbad. And <laughs> I think, in, I know, isn't it weird? I think in some... <laughs> Um, and all this is from Arabian Nights, but I think that in some translations, it's also Sinbad. So there was like some sort of, oh, woe is me. Like, why is this person rich and I'm poor and they have the same name as me? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, I think that was like part of it. Um, so he had three different adventures last time. Uh, there was a giant whale and there was a uh cyclops for lack of a better word um <laughs> and then he also found himself um at the bottom of a ravine where he had to get himself lifted up by an eagle by tying himself to a bit of meat so <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of his journeys um I mean, in every single one of them, he's been shipwrecked. So this guy doesn't have the best of luck, but it always yeah. works out in the end. Right, yeah. So that's part of it. But yeah, so Sinbad, never satisfied with home, ventured out again to the sea that was calling him. But the ship he chose was tossed into a sandbank. Many of the crew died in the crash, and all of the cargo was tossed to the sea. Some of the crew, including Sinbad himself, escaped the sea with a plank they landed on an island where they were taken prisoner and f and fed a concoction that caused them to lose their senses then they were fed rice to fatten them for eating sinbad refused the concoction and pretty much all of the food except for just enough to stay alive after most of his crew was eaten he was able to escape and live on coconuts until he found some friendly strangers who spoke his tongue they took Sinbad onto their ship to a beautiful island. The prince of this island befriended Sinbad quickly. After our hero introduced a saddle, which they had 
previously rode bareback on horses. So he um, introduced the idea of a saddle and the prince just absolutely adored it. So he implored Sinbad just to make him stay there to marry a beautiful woman that lived on the island. He agreed and lived happily there for a time until his wife perished. It was the custom in this land for the spouse of the deceased to be buried with them. Sinbad was thrown into a pit with his dead wife. He was given sparse provisions to survive a few days, but as luck would have it, a new couple was introduced to the cave a few days later. The man, the man had died and his wife was in there alive. Sinbad quickly killed the woman and took her food. He repeated this process every time a new person was introduced to the cave. Luckily for everyone, a sea creature appeared in the cave and showed Sinbad a way out to the sea. <laughs> that is lucky. <laughs> he came back to rid the bodies of their jewels and sat on the shore waiting for a ship to pass. One did, and after he flagged it down, he told the captain that he had been shipwrecked carrying jewels to sell in Baghdad. The captain, by some miracle, believed him and took him home. Now, Sinbad's at home. He's giving away his jewels, just like he did last time, to the poor and whatever, keeping some for himself. But he quickly forgot his troubles abroad and decided he wanted to set sail again, for adventure was calling him. On the voyage, the ship landed at the island where Sinbad had encountered the rock before. That was the large bird. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, not an actual rock. Right, or Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> right, right, right. The crew, not heeding his warning, found a rock egg, smashed it up, and cooked it for dinner. It wasn't long before the parents came back, and seeing their young destroyed, they flew off in sorrow. The crew packed up quickly and left the island to try to escape their fate. They were not successful. After a few short hours had passed, the two rocks came for revenge. They dropped stones onto the ship, breaking it into a thousand pieces. Sinbad found himself on another island. This time he was not alone. He met an old man who, without speaking, made Sinbad carry him on his shoulders. When Sinbad wanted to rest, the old man would kick him and force him to move. By luck, Sinbad found himself in a position to make wine, using a dried gourd and grapes he had found on the island. So this had gone on for, I don't know, several weeks or whatever. So mm. after a few days... uh you know, after making the wine, the wine was ready to drink, and Sinbad drank it heartily. The old man wanted to try the wine as well, so Sinbad gave it to him. It made him very drunk, so that he fell off our hero, who quickly bludgeoned him to death. <laughs> he is such a murderous bastard. Yeah. <laughs> By luck, the next morning, a ship landed there, and the crew aboard listened to Sinbad's tale. They said he had killed the old man of the sea. Sinbad traveled back with these men, collecting coconuts by antagonizing monkeys to the point where they threw the nuts down at the group. They then sold the nuts for a considerable fortune before taking him home. It wasn't long before Sinbad went out again. For what purpose, even he could, could scarcely say. His last voyage ended in him giving most of his procured wealth to charity. He had so much excess. Nevertheless, he went back to sea. There, of course, was another shipwreck. He outlasted the crew stranded with him in the cave while they were tossed, <clears throat> where they were tossed, by hiding his provisions. So there was like this cave, 
that the ship crashed in all the crew was dying because they were just like eating everything they had and he was like hiding his stuff Mm -hmm. he then realized after everyone else had died the river flowing through this cave it's like just a moment too late yeah (laughs) the river flowing through this cave must have an out somewhere he made a raft and floated down this river he fell asleep and when he woke he found himself in the open he met some people who spoke his language and they took him to meet their king the king showered sinbad with gifts and asked him on his way home to deliver an offering to the caliph uh harun al-rashid he did this for the king the caliph let let the king into his rule after receiving these gifts and sinbad returned home sinbad was now content to stay in baghdad for he was old and tired of adventure the caliph implored him to do one more errand for him before he gave up his precious life for good he was to return the favor of the rich the rich king had given him or had given the caliph sinbad sinbad embarked on his journey and did what he was asked he was he was given many gifts by the king to thank him for his trouble as he sailed for home sinbad's ship was overtaken by pirates who took him into slavery our not so heroic hero found himself in the position as a slave to kill elephants for their tusk after several days of doing this the elephants had an idea they tore him down from the tree where he where he perched himself uh to shoot them down with arrows the tree was uprooted with their precious tusk the elephants then carried sinbad to their graveyard this way sinbad could collect ivory without killing them for this he was freed from slavery because he gave the king the information and was given ivory to take back to his home sinbad having finished his uh finished his tales to hinbad uh told him to always come to his table for meals and to quit his life as a porter that's where we're ending the story wow cool yeah he kept giving hinbad stuff every time he told him something he'd give him like a hundred whatever their currency was and so maybe he was like (laughs) rich enough after seven stories to you know quit being a porter or whatever yeah let's i i didn't see anything i was wondering if if the seven stories like if seven was magic number here um but i I didn't see anything that kind of talked on that there may be something there but i didn't um but i'm i i i like that i didn't realize looking into sinbad more i didn't realize how um popular it was you know there was a bunch of like kind of like how some of the other arabian night stuff like alibaba has been turned into really crappy animations in the last like hundred years um sinbad is definitely a part of that so um but he's he's he seems to be more like fondly kind of talked about um but he hasn't been like there was the big movie um by the people that did like the prince of egypt and was um, that like dreamworks or something yeah one of it was yeah or it, the other one Adel- yeah the, one? The, the 90s people yeah those films um where they would like go to exotic places and then everyone who did voices would be famous white actors but anyway um <laughs> uh it they were they were great though those movies are great um i think i watched that it wasn't it didn't follow the story really oh i'm sure it wouldn't yeah yeah like at all there was no no, i'm sure yeah he's it's just kind of like a name Um, yeah he was like a thief or something like right 
or a pirate or something. Sure, yeah. That's I mean, he's yeah, Sinbad the sailor. And and you know, I'll I'll say it too. Like I see it a lot. It kind of like goes from website to website. Like Sinbad with a D seems to be like more accurate to the name. I don't know. I don't know why this why it's, it got changed to Sinbad and from Sinbad. Um, I. I like so, I what one article that I really liked was from this website thoughtco.com. Um, uh, Callie, oh, and she's got a great name, uh, Pansky, uh, I think that's like a Slavic name. It starts with a lot of Z's and C's. Uh, she did a great uh, write up, um, and she's like a professor of history and PhD and all that. So I really enjoyed her piece, but she talks about the name. It seems to come from Persian uh, origins, which we we kind of discussed last week. Uh, you know, this takes place in um, uh, the places of of what was like Persia and is now um, like modern Iraq and things like that. But uh, Sinbad meaning Lord of the Sind River, and Sindhu huh. is the Persian variant of the Indus River, indicating that he was a sailor from the coast of what is now Pakistan. Um, so it, this would oh, also wow. support, yeah, and this would support the Persian origins. You know, remember, this is uh, Thousand and One Nights, which is, just, I, I talked about it a little last week, but, you know, a huge collaborative of stories that are ancient in themselves, in some cases, which, you know, Sinbad was one that was, the, the stories come from, they can be, some of them are considered ancient, and some are from ancient Persian. Some are Hebrew. Some are even Greek in origin. But they all sort of have Arabian or Arabic kind of focal point, uh, especially kind of the later translations. But it's it's interesting because some of the I, I looked at mainly like Britannica, Wikipedia, but then this Thought Co article as well. They um, they notice or they note that Sinbad was a late edition, and that it's actually not really included in the more traditional Arabic uh, translations. And, and in general, the Thousand and One Nights or Arabian Nights stories seem to really be more of a Western thing um, than anything. I remember talking about this on our Alibaba episode, which again, was a really fun, really, really fun uh, tale and intro into this. But um, these stories, when they were translated like 17th, 18th centuries in by the Western world, the, the Western really really took it and and i think it was a, a great introduction to these lands you know i mean these are great stories in general um in the way that they work and so i think that it just makes sense that that's how that would be but they, they've really taken like a western take or a western like air to them in a lot of ways like we I have a, a question yeah, 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 yeah so um so alibaba was more of a western story too right um I'd have to go back to my notes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, it was a later story, correct? Yeah, it was it was more modern. Um, so like I think that we've what did what did we say? So like it this it's it's thought of that this story takes place in what, the ninth century, I think? Isn't that one Harun al Rashad? Yeah, this one definitely does take place Um, in the ninth century. Yeah, so like around 800, so Harun al-Rashad, who was mentioned in the story, oh, I love that too. They use his civilization picture when I Google him. Um, <laughs> Sid Meier. He's a great, and Sid Meier gets you lots of gold. Um, good in trading. Um, he, so he, Harun al-Rashad was the caliph of Baghdad from 763 to 809, 
and and so you know you mentioned him in the story and it's right. sort of believed uh that that's kind of i imagine that's when these stories were kind of written took place that kind of thing so it just seems to me that, like the the later edition stories um are more popular yeah because sure aladdin was added later too right because it was like originally a chinese story yeah, I imagine we're, we were just talking about how that we should definitely touch on Aladdin soon. But we, I do know for certain that Aladdin is is a Chinese like original story, um, or or it's set in China. I actually well, this will be a fun episode because I just or I just clicked Aladdin, but it's set in China. I don't know if it's actually Chinese in origin, so that'll be another episode. But um, yeah, so but Sinbad. It's like I said. It's interesting because even in the Arabic translations, it's not really included. It's, it's sort of its own thing. It's taken on its own way, but it's still really fun. Uh, I did find out just for kicks to um, the comedian Sinbad. He his name is David Atkins. <laughs> he um, yes, yeah. He, he actually took and that. And here name. he is now. Yeah. Hey, David. Thanks for coming in. No. Um, I'm sure he would. He wouldn't mind. Oh yeah, he's he's a lovely person. I'm sure. Um. He was great. What was that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Jingle all the way. Loved it. Um, he uh, he changed. He he took the stage name Sinbad, and and it was in like because of the the stories of Sinbad. So he he just admired this this guy um, who you know shipwrecked a dozen times and made it every time, no matter what. So going further though, I mean it's it's pretty straightforward about Sinbad. Um, we've <laughs> The articles and things that I read, they sort of posit that it's it's it doesn't have the same historical roots that some of these other stories in uh, A Thousand One Nights Arabian Night stories might be. So it it's more likely that it's just a matter of, I mean, during the seventh century, seventh eighth ninth century, um, it was very you know trade was huge in this period. I mean, if you think of Southeast Asia, West Asia. Middle East, you know, these deep, rich civilizations, lots going on. I could totally see someone making these great stories. And you mentioned the Odyssey before, and well, I, I uh, have found that it, it looks like um, the Odyssey. So um, fairytalefandom.com, it's, kind of, it's, like, it's like a fairy tale wiki, mythology wiki kind of place. It discusses that um, Homer's uh, epics... Um, were long familiar in the Arabic world, having been translated into that language as long ago as the eighth century. So, if if we're thinking about the setting of this, I mean, I could totally see someone reading this in seven hundreds in in Persian, you know, lands uh, like Iraq and all that, and then being like, "Yo, what if this guy Sinbad?" You know, like I, I it merchants yeah, it's were kind of like what Virgil did. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. That's a great way of putting it. I mean, merchants merchants and trade like the world was becoming more and more known but it was still really mysterious um but the uh, kind of the existence of these other nations were really big so i, I could ju- it just kind of makes sense that sinbad would base off on these general things um and i mean just because you know merchants in general and uh, complicated trade networks and things like that um thoughtco does uh talk about a persian adventurer and trader named Soleiman al-Tajir, which means Solomon the Merchant. I think I mentioned this last week. Yeah, you but, did mention it last mm-hmm. week, yeah. He, he traveled from Persia all the way 
to southern China around the year 775. So he would probably be a big big deal um, <laughs> and could easily have kind of inspired that for sure. So there's no, there, there doesn't seem like there was a, a direct Sinbad. I, this is a pretty complicated time. I want to notice one thing that was really cool that you mentioned the rock, R-O-C, or right, Rook. Yeah. Uh, Rook is another pronunciation, R-U-K-H. It's probably the pr- pronunciation of it. Yeah. pronounce it wrong. No, yeah. Well, it's those are really cool. So I, I, these, I don't know if it was Final Fantasy or something, but they've definitely been featured as like simple baddies in a video game. Um, but they're they're a cool, simple, just big bird myth. Okay, I mean, I would say they're like a a, a unicorn almost in, in their ideas. And and then in fact, rocks were, so they were believed to have been around, and um, like they would uh, like palm fronds were given to cons and they were like oh yeah this is the feather of a rock that's on you know and it reminded me of oh, we talked wow. about unicorns they would get um narwhals tusks the tooth of yeah. the narwhal that the horn and they would be like yo unicorn horn here this will you know help you get boners again and they'd be like whoa um and that's kind of what they these people were doing with the rocks um but they and they they're cool they, they're of an arabic persian origin they're literally just giant birds, but they were said to be so big that they could carry an elephant in their um, talons. Oh, yeah, uh, the one from the previous story that they were talking about, The I remember the crew told a story about how the rock would, like, kind of circle overhead, and the rhinoceros and the elephant, the elephant who were mortal enemies would start fighting, and then the rock would come down, like, swoop down and pick them both up. <laughs> All right, you too. Um, <laughs> what's really cool about the rock too is that in nineteen in twelve ninety eight, this dude named Marco Polo, um, mm-hmm. he actually described the rock as living in Madagascar, and uh, this is from Mythology Wikia. It, this might have been uh, home to a, 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 an extinct bird called. The elephant bird, um, a nine a nine foot tall flightless Jeez. bird, yeah, nine foot. Uh, w- um, some of the world's largest eagles, like the elephant bird, are now extinct. Once lived in Madagascar as well, so they were huge, but they were um, flightless and they fed off of other flightless birds. Um, so it's it's interesting. Uh, it, it, that that one of these big flightless birds might have been the inspiration for Rock, but I don't know. Um, there's that the big fascination on the giant egg too, um, well, and a lot. That area of the world, I mean, aren't there a lot of like well-preserved dinosaur bones and stuff? Sure. Because oh yeah, yeah. That's how dragons. They might have dug up and... a whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder. I wonder why it was flightless. That's interesting. Um, I I just realized that now. Because I, its I bones know. aren't hollow. Or because it's so huge. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to big. be like, yeah. Uh, to to be able to fly, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Sinbad, it, it's a pretty cool story. Um, it, like it was a late edition, not even recognized really in the Arabic translations. Like the, I guess you could say the modern or current translations of Thousand and One Nights. I don't know what the perspective is on Thousand One Nights. Um, there's some cool allusions to the Odyssey and some other kind of big things. Uh, and. and the Odyssey was 
uh, introduced in the, as long as the ago uh, as the eighth century at the court of Caliph al Mahdi, um, which is in Iran in 754. Um, so it, I totally see it making circuits, the story making circuits around. I mean, like this is the, such a this time period is just so busy and so. I mean, they all are, but I, it's just crazy to think. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint. Like when we talk about Hercules, it's sort of easy because there's only, there's, it seems like there's a more finite amount of material and, and sources, but this is just such a hodgepodge. The stories of the Arabian Nights themselves are such a huge collection in general. So it's hard to say, yeah, it came, it was in Southeast Asia in this temple. There was a reference. You know, the, it, it's, it's very, it's, it's more, uh, just based on the story itself and, and the fact that it carried on for so long. So I, I really like it. Um, I hope Sinbad, they do something with it. So maybe they can, when they finish the John Henry movie, they can add him to... Did you say that was up on Netflix? Yeah, so the... <laughs> so we did an old... We did an episode on John Henry that was great, and Netflix just aired Terry Cruz's film, but Netflix... Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Netflix is going to make a new like it, the way I read it. It's like they want to make like a Marvel Cinematic Universe style, but for um, like folklore. So a thousand percent, Sinbad's going to be in this. So, but I believe I think that if I remember right, Dwayne Johnson is supposed to play John Henry, or at least he's a part of it. But they it could totally it could be John Henry Sinbad, uh, <laughs> fighting rocks. Um, trying to pick up their elephants, you know, they could totally do that. But uh, yeah, so well, Cammy, thanks for your stories on Sinbad. Um, I can't stress enough, though. I I love, I really like the Sinbad story, but the Alibaba and the Forty Thieves, <laughs> so good. Please go back and listen to that episode. Like, if, if you're listening to this now, you've stuck with us. Go Does back it, and listen. Listen at least to the very end of the second episode. Yeah, yeah, the second Brian's episode. So <laughs> good. Out of it was nowhere. Great. <laughs> it was really great. Um, so, and thanks for bearing with us. I don't think I've mentioned the last couple episodes, but you know, we're uh, recording through Skype because of quarantine stuff. We're still social distancing and stuff like that. Um, probably going to continue for a, a little while at least. Uh, but I, I think it's been working well enough. Um, we we got some new mic equipment, so when we are uh, together again, it'll sound great. But it's sounding too bad. Uh, but if you have any suggestions or critiques or anything, let us know. We have our Facebook group, um, Mystery. Mystery is spelled with an I E, but it's all one word. And you can hit us up at mythstory at gmail dot com as well. So, um, Cammy, I think that does about that about does it. Um, thanks again so much for. Everything.